everybody, and welcome to the back row from what I watched tonight. It's me, Matt Hudson, and joining me tonight in the back row is me. It's me, me, me. Uh, I was going to talk about films, funnily enough, for this episode. It's a Sunday night, and I just thought, do you know what? I fancy coming on to chat film, because there's been some stuff dropping recently, good, bad, and the ugly, and I thought, do you know what? I feel like getting on and just having a chat about it. Nothing overly mental, nothing controversial. I haven't suddenly decided to decry this out of the other now or say Pixar are the worst animation studio in the world because they're not. I just thought I'd come on. So I've just had a tiramisu. It's from the co-op. And annoyingly, I've gone to pull the, the plastic uh, cover off it and the, like the bit you pull off has snapped off. So I had to go and get a knife to cut around it just so I could get to the... Uh, mascarpone coffee chalky goodness within it's my favorite dessert tiramisu so uh, if we if there's ever a film meetup and dessert is on the go tiramisu and i'm a happy boy um so i mean the first place thing i wanted to talk about was all of the delays that's happening because of uh what's happening with covid19 and the, the global pandemic which still sounds crazy to say that and I know everybody says it, but this time last year, there was no pandemic. <laughs> we were all just getting on with it. I mean, it was really odd to think that in the space of, well, weeks and a month, few months, everything changes. So on the, it's been 84 years. It's been a long time and I still just can't get my head around it. Like None of it feels real still. And of course, the film industry has been absolutely decimated almost by it. Uh, as have other industries as well, let's not forget, but people turn to film, people like me turn to film for that escapism. I love going to the cinema for the experience. It's like, it is like the magic of the movies. I talk to my um, friend and co-host buddy John Burke about this a lot. We talk about it on the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not just sitting down and watching a film. It's it's the ride there. It's getting, it's parking up, walking into the theatre like that kind of shiny, glittery floor, the smell of the popcorn, the concession queues, the lights, the massive LED screens, the film posters showing what's coming soon, the the dark, uh, the darkly lit corridors, and you know the numbers for the screens. You know what a theatre is, but um, you miss that, don't you? And then, of course, sitting down for the anticipation of what's going to come, because you you might everybody goes to watch a film because they want to enjoy it, but there's always that anticipation of what if. Do you know what I mean? What happens if I go to watch The Rise of Skywalker and it's not great? Ooh, bad example. Um, <laughs> But there is that, though. You sit down, you kind of, you know you're going to go on a roller coaster, but you don't know how you're going to feel at the end of it. And then it's how you feel afterwards. If, you, if you've gone with your mates, haven't chatting about it with your buddies afterwards. If you've gone by yourself, which I do quite a lot, it's thinking about it on the car on the way home and... Then go, kind of like coming online, seeing what other people are thinking. It's all part of the experience, and that's been, you know, that's gone for now. It'll come back at some point, but it's gone. And you know, thank God for Amazon and Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu, HBO Max. Some may not say that. Um, stateside and stars everywhere across the world with their streaming services have kept us all going. But I mean, just recently we've had the news that No Time to Die it has been pushed back. Again, like no time to die is like the poster boy for COVID nineteen delays. The, the amount of money that's gone on marketing, like three or two or three, four times for this film. I don't know how much it's got to make to even think about pushing a profit. That's been pushed back to October the eighth, 
of this year. So that's another uh, eight months to see if this film's going to come out. Nine months, sorry, to see if it's going to come out or not. Uh, Ghostbusters, which I was really looking forward to. Ghostbusters Afterlife. And this is coming from someone who didn't mind the 2016 reboot. I think one of the only ones. But that's been pushed back to November the 11th, a week after my birthday. So happy birthday, me. Uh, the Tom Holland Uncharted movie 2022. And even just like in the last day or so, A Quiet Place, Bosch, gone. Uh, Cinderella moved back. Last Night in Soho, which I was so looking forward to, the Edgar Wright flick. That's now been moved back to uh, October the 22nd. So we're still waiting on like Fast 9. What's happened? What's happened with Black Widow? Do you know what I mean? I mean, what's going to happen with Shang-Chi? People are so looking forward to this. What's, are they just going to chuck that on Disney Plus? You're damn right they're not going to do that, but... How long are how long are they gonna keep pushing these back for? Um Paramount have turned down big money offers for Top Gun Maverick from Netflix and um probably Amazon, I don't remember the other one. Sorry guys. So the streaming services are circling now. They know that some of these can be picked up. Some of them can be picked up. You may have to pay a bit, but how good does it look for your service to say if they if if Netflix managed to get Top Gun Maverick, how good does it look for Netflix? You know, next they probably market it like shit, like they always do. But how good would that be? You know, wow, Netflix CEO laughing, Cruise on board. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if anything else gets pushed so far back. Uh, what what are we going to get up? We're going to get up to August, uh, and things are going to be okay from there. I mean, from uh, from August and beyond, the big releases we've got: The Suicide Squad, Candyman, which was pushed back from twenty uh, twenty. Uh, the Many Saints of Newark comes out. Death on the Nile. Dune, of course. Uh, Morbius. Morbius has been. I think Morbius has been pushed to 2022 as well. Halloween Kills, which is another culling from 2020. Eternals, Mission Impossible. West Side Story. Spider-Man 3. Uh, Matrix. Uh, Sing 2 as well. Big films coming out after August. It'll be interesting to see if they can cling on to their 2021 spot. And none of this is said with any uh, frivolity. It's, you know, it's it's serious shit. But, you know, what, what what's going to happen with this? Well, what are we going to be left with in a few months' time? So I, I empathise and sympathise with the people involved with these productions who, quite frankly, probably just want to get their films out there in the right medium. We've had the whole hoop blast around an HBO Max and the theatrical release. I wasn't as bothered by that as a lot of people for a few reasons, but I also understood why people were annoyed. The reasons I wasn't quite as bothered was... It was on HBO Max because there's a pandemic out there and uh, I'd rather people didn't force me to go out into a pandemic world to watch film. Film was my escapism, but I don't also want to be, you know, battling a virus to go and do it. Do it. Um, And also the films are going to be released theatrically anyway. So HBO Max would play. You can watch it on there or you can go and watch it at the cinema. The choice is yours. To me, that ain't a bad choice. That ain't a bad choice because some of the films that, are, that they've put out, uh, all, all of their slate in fact, some of them, you know, I'm not entirely bothered by going to the cinema about. Anyone who knows me knows how much I love horror films. But I could easily sit at home and watch The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, just so I didn't have to like tell people what I was going to the cinema to see, because what an awful title that is. But I could watch that at home. Mortal Kombat. I'm not going to cinema and watch that if I can watch it at home. And I love, I love the cinematic experience, but... No, I'd rather if I can watch Mortal Kombat at home. Damn right, I'm picking it to watch it at home. Uh, but there are no other films like Dune. Dune is a 
Dune is one I mentioned that as well because the people who really want to see Dune would have gone to see it in a theatre. And for those who may have been on the fence, if they could have watched it at home, maybe they would have got more eyes on that film. Because look how well Blade Runner 2049 didn't do. And look how good that film was, but look how, it, how well it didn't do. Poor marketing, yes, but it's also a very niche film. Dune has the potential to be like that as well. And, you know, I don't care who's in it. Dune has the, Dune has a very good chance of not breaking big. Because of the kind of film that it is. So, you know, it may have got a few more people interested because they didn't have to go out to see it. You know, is that top level thinking? Possibly. But, you know, it's it's another thing to consider. But how what I do understand people being pissed off about was, of course, these films that were being shunted onto 2021 HBO release, they were, they were made in 2020 and 2019, you know, specifically to be shown at the theatres. Which is a lot of the problem that people like um, Daniel Villeneuve's had. You know, he didn't make Dune to be shown on HBO Max. Regardless of what I've just said. He didn't make it for that reason. He made Dune to be shown on the biggest screen possible. Like all film is. Some films, yes, you can can get away with streaming releases. I've seen in 2020, covering so many films on streaming. I've, you know, this summer I have now thought, you know what, that's a perfect streaming film. It Would that have benefited theatrically? Probably not. Um, but the films that are on HBO Max, they know some of those, all of them, none of them were made. Obviously, nobody nobody has, you know, foresight. Nobody knew what was coming around the corner. But then it changed the fact that they weren't made for TV. They weren't made for streaming. And they're made for films. So, of course, you put your blood, sweat and tears in it for a theatrical release and then you get told, well, you don't even get told. You find out that they're going to be shoved on HBO Max, you would be annoyed. Had they said our 2022 slate or 2023 slate is going to be put on HBO Max um, at the same time theatrically as well. Okay, fine. These films haven't even gone in production yet for the most part. Then, you know, you, you do your legal bits, you get it into the contracts, this, that and the other now. But none of these films from 2020 were due for that. Uh, so I totally understand why people were annoyed because of that. So, um, But yeah, a lot of films being pushed back. One of the films which isn't being pushed back, which just had its trailer drop today, is Godzilla vs. Kong. Whew. Now, I liked Godzilla, the Gareth Edwards version, not that piece of crap from Matthew Broderick's vehicle. Um, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, I was so pumped for. So pumped for, because the trailers were incredible. The music, the art style, just everything about them was just stunning. And the film was not. I didn't like the film. I liked the bit where the monsters were fighting, which is the whole point of it, but I didn't like the bit where the monsters weren't fighting, which is kind of half or 60%, 70% of the film. So I wasn't a fan of that, but I did like Kong Skull Island. That surprised me how much I enjoyed that. So I didn't like Godzilla King of the Monsters, but I've always said, you know, it's Godzilla versus Kong, isn't it? Come on. Get those big boys fighting. I'm all over this. I'm all over this. So I can't... I've been excited for it. Uh, The trailer dropped today. And it's a good trailer. I don't think it was mind-blowing. I thought it was a good trailer. You know, we saw some of the humans talking about, my God, it's Kong, or Godzilla's coming. Fine. Um, but then we got a few shots of um, the big boys fighting. Uh, Godzilla, so something wrong with Zilla, because they're making him out to be the bad guy. You know, Kong's like the, he's, he's like the saviour in this. He's the, he's the face. And Godzilla's very much the heel in this trailer. I mean, there has been rumours that Mecha Godzilla was spotted. And if so, maybe that would explain why Godzilla's been such a punk. But 
come on, the seeing those two just fighting it out was incredible. But Kong just lays that right hook on Godzilla. I felt it through my computer screen. I felt that damn connection. Um, and then Godzilla deflecting, sorry, Kong deflecting Godzilla's fire breath with a spine from Godzilla. Oh, mate, oh, yes. I mean, I kind of wonder why Godzilla didn't just angle his head down slightly to shoot him in the stomach after he realised he pulled a Palpatine. Like, this force lightning still hitting the lightsaber, but I won't stop type thing. Um, but it is what it is. I liked the trailer and I'm pumped. I'm excited for it. That is a film that must be seen at theatres. Talking about HBO, talking about things that, you know, could get away with a streaming release. I get And yes, there will be people who aren't interested in Godzilla v Kong who may probably check it out on HBO Max. But just look at that bloody thing. Look at that bloody thing. Bigger sound system, the bigger screen, the best colour, the best uh, depth of vision. Mate, honestly, that is a big screen experience if you've ever seen one. It's a blockbuster. I have no doubt it's going to be absolute crap, but I'm still going to enjoy the, the fun of seeing these two beasts have a go at each other. You know, you know, cack films can be decent sometimes, and it can be fun. We all need a bit of cack in our lives sometimes. I watched Shadow in the Cloud recently, the Chloe Grace Moretz-led um, World War Two stock film, uh, directed by Roseanne Liang. And you know, I put it in my review. It's not, a, it's not great, but it's great fun. I got to see Chloe Grace Moretz, you know, just wail on a couple of filthy, misogynistic dogs of men. Um, take out, take out some enemy fighters, beat the living shit out of a, a gremlin, which is probably my favourite moment of 2021. It may end up being my favourite moment of 2021. You know, some of the other things she's doing involving like, climbing on the undercarriage of a plane, which is flying above the clouds uh, and being shot at by angry Japanese fighters and much more than that. Honestly, it was bonkers. It was proper fun. It was, it was by all means crap, but it was fun. And I think Godzilla's going to be like that. It's going to be one of those films that was like, look, that was absolute turd. But wasn't it fun? And I just didn't feel that King of the Monsters, which is a shame. My uh, Moving Picture Madness co-host, Ant, who's a hunk, he's a the Northern hunk, he, he dug that film and we spoke about it on our episode where we covered Godzilla, uh, about the reasons why I wasn't keen and the reasons why he was. And it was really interesting um discussion and uh, dichotomy so go check that one out as well plus he's a hunk so the godzilla versus kong trailer dropped and i am looking forward to that uh we also had the news that kenneth branner is going to be playing uh uk prime minister boris johnson in a sky tv series which is all about you know the covid19 response and the government's arse ended attempts at trying to do anything about it um uh, michael winterbottom is directing it and writing it as well um so it is basically just about the bo- bollocks up that the government has done with covid uh which is what it is an absolute bollock up but get, get kenneth branner you know thespian fairly chiseled good-looking geezer to play boris johnson i mean absolute soiled nappy of a man i mean that to me if I'm, if I'm boris and thank god i'm not i'd be sitting there thinking wow nice that's the biggest compliment anyone's ever paid me they're getting Kenneth Branner in. I've seen a lot of people say Matt Lucas should have played him, and I get that. I get that, honestly. He could have just shaved a shaved a chimp, and he could probably could have played him. He's got the same hair, more intelligent maybe. But um, yeah, Kenneth Branner's going to be playing Boris Johnson in a COVID nineteen TV series by Michael Winterbottom. So uh, I'm not one for TV usually. 
again, long-time listeners to the show when any of the other ones I do. No, I don't really listen to watch TV, sorry. Even though I really want to watch some of these series, some of the TV series out there, like, it's now comparable to film. I watched The Mandalorian, of course, but I really want to watch Stranger Things. I really want to get into this stuff, but I just can't find the time or my my personality dictates that if I like something, I've got to binge watch the whole thing, which is then at the expense of everything else I like doing. And, oh, you know, we'll get the little violins out. But um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll wait for other people to tell how Kenneth Branagh is as Boris Johnson or a, a cheeky YouTube search to sort me out for that. So, um, but, hell, it could be the best thing I'm missing out on. I highly doubt it. Uh, and one of the other things I wanted to say was... um. Another film I am looking forward to this year, which I certainly hope doesn't get pushed back, but I mean, it shouldn't do because it's a Disney Plus release now. And that's Raya and the Last Dragon. Really, really looking forward to this. The Don Hall and Carlos Lopez Estrada film uh, with Kelly Marie Tran, Aquafina. Yes, yes, yes. Starring in it. I'm really looking forward to this, but there's news that came out, which is quite bonkers. It said, uh, the director said that the film itself was inspired by John Wick of all people and that the film in its original format would have gained an R rating um, I quote verbatim they said there may have been some things that if we were to include would give us an R rating for violence just so you know there is a cut of the movie with broken bones and stuff so there is a we're living in a world where there's an, uh, an R rated version of Raya and the Last Dragon and they say broken bones and stuff I'm assuming it's more than just a slight fracture of the finger you know, it's, I'm, I don't want to speculate, but there's got to be more to it than that. I can't imagine, you never know, you may might have got K- uh, KMT out there dropping F-bombs left, right and centre. That's a real Disney princess. I mean, Kelly Marie Tran is already a Disney princess. She's a queen. But, um, yeah, we live in a world where there's an R-rated version of Raya and the Last Dragon. You can stick your Snyder Cut. This is where it's all about. This is a film for grown-ups, Zach. Raya and the Last Dragon. Really looking forward to this film actually, and um, haven't got too long to wait for that. So that's mainly most, that's, that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about in terms of what had come out recently and in terms of what I've been watching, what I watched this week. Um, I put out my review of Sound of Metal. I really enjoyed that. Riz Ahmed is fabulous, fabulous in it. Paul Racy is his equal, actually, in it. Such a good film, very impactful. The sound design is bonkers good. Um, that's an Amazon Studios release covered it on the bloody awesome movie podcast a few weeks ago so the full review is on there but i enjoyed that shadow in the cloud i've just told you pretty much everything i thought about that film uh, one night in miami the regina king um amazon studios film again uh, this is malcolm x cassius clay jim brown and sam cook hold up in a miami motel room and during the civil rights movement and kind of fictionalizes what they would have said i mean that the event is real. They did meet up, but nobody really knows what they said. And this is a wonderful film. Regina King directs the hell out of this film. It's so good. Uh, Kent Powers wrote this for the stage, and it's been adapted for the screen. And sometimes these films can be a bit wordy, and you know, without any kind of flair or charisma. But not this one. There is flair and charisma all over this thing. These the screenplay is electric. It's a really, really good film. I can't recommend One Night in Miami enough. Um, also watched Promising Young Woman thanks to Focus Features and that was incredible incredible I'd heard so many people saying how good it was and how good Carrie Mulligan is and you, sometimes you go in thinking oh bloody hell I was as good as everyone's saying it's better it's better it's so good the twists and the turns that come in it got me I thought I had the film worked out and it threw me for a 
It threw me down to Swanee. Kerry Mulligan is insanely good in this. The cinematography and the use of colour is bonkers. It's just a brilliant, brilliant film. That was Emerald Fennell directed that. And uh, like Regina King, this is her debut. You know, what a way to what a what a way to announce yourself and I expect to see this film in and around the Academy Award talk. It's really that good. Uh, and also thanks to Netflix caught a screen of Malcolm and Marie, the Zendaya and John David Washington led film by Sam Levinson. And I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Uh, I thought it was a bit long. I thought it was a bit monotonous. But I thought it looked great. I thought Zendaya was incredibly good. John David Washington was as good as ever. It's a hard-hitting, raw, emotional, heavy film, which will not work for everybody. The um, the messages towards film critics will not sit well with everybody. Didn't bother me, but it wouldn't, didn't sit well for everybody. And just looking on Twitter now, the discourse because of it is um, it's great to read. To be honest, it's very entertaining, but... So I enjoyed Malcolm and Maria. Again, I expect to see Zendaya's name thrown around the Academy Awards for Best Actress when it comes ar- when it comes around, uh, alongside Carey Mulligan. And to be fair, I'd like to see Reza Ahmed for Best Actor, at least nominated, and Regina King. I think she's a shoe in for a nomination for Best Director. So uh, I watched I watched Locked Down, which was fucking awful. <laughs> I watched Outside the Wire on Netflix, which was fucking awful. Uh, yeah, God. What a way to bring you down after so many wins in a row. Um Yeah, they weren't they weren't great, so check it, but you know, you might you might watch those and think, you know what? I really like those films, and if so, you know, well done. Good for you. <laughs> I didn't. So um that's what I've been watching this week. The reviews are all up on the website and that's pretty much it. I just wanted to kind of rant a bit about what's been going on and I may do it more often actually, because it was quite fun, liberating. Um but that's that. You can find me what I watched tonight at code UK. Find uh, myself on social media. What I watch tonight, just search me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterbox as well. All the reviews go up there, and all the um, well, everything else I post basically goes up on there too. But thank you everyone for listening. Uh, would love to hear your thoughts on film or any of the points that have been raised. But until next time, from me, see ya. <laughs>